Hello, and welcome to Evoking the Sublime, the podcast where I sit down with video game developers, composers, and other people who worked on games to talk about the history and creation of a video game. My name is Shay, and it's a pleasure to have you listening to this episode. Today, I am joined by the creators of Genesis Noir and founders of Feral Cat Dance Studios, Evan Anthony and Jeremy Abel. Both live in New York, where their studio is located. They have worked on many freelance projects, such as brand animation, design, brand development, short films, music videos, and many more. They have been brought together by a love of science, technology, and a fascination of all things that make up life, both literally and figuratively speaking. Please join me in welcoming Evan and Jeremy to the show. How are you guys doing today? We're doing well. Uh, yeah. Thank you for such a nice introduction. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. I um, you know, I I didn't know much about you guys outside of um playing Genesis Noir before I started doing some of the research, and I was really fascinated to see all kind of everything you guys have worked on. There, it's so diverse, and I feel like that would be a lot of fun to kind of wake up every day and have something completely new to work on. Yeah. I think that's, that's kind of the most important part for me, I think, is just having a new project kind of every, you know, three months or something, which is kind of how we structure Genesis Noir, I guess, yeah. and that every level is so different. Yeah. It felt like a little tiny mini project each time. Our, our background is in advertising and tech and installation art all these kinds of things and yeah they have these kind of short life cycles and time time frames where you have to make something in a month or two and put it out there and uh yeah we kind of thrive in that environment where we're trying a new style or skill and uh not specializing very deeply into one kind of talent um, right being like okay at a lot of things <laughs> like a jack of all trades of some sort yeah i i think that's really interesting because obviously um as as you guys are kind of saying it reflects in genesis noir but i i feel like as a freelancer yeah you have to choose how deep you go and you know you can't get too deep even though you may get really fascinated by a project because you know that there there is a specific life cycle and the next project is coming but that's got to be difficult sometimes to resist that urge to get really deep in something you get interested in. Yeah, I definitely, um, you know, there are some, some projects that we worked on that, like, uh, they were real tease, you know, like, <laughs> right. to work out, to move on to something else. But in general, I think I personally, and I think Jeremy mm -hmm. would probably agree that we both have a bit of, like, creative ADD. Yeah. Yeah enjoy like like if like uh like one of the projects that we worked on for a long period of time before genesis noir was the rebranding of google like yeah. uh so that was like probably that's the project i worked on longest before and yeah like just working on logos for that long of a stretch of time like it, it just you, you, you get really bored <laughs> yeah especially like there's so much that goes into that process where you're um, 
iterating so Iter much. Iterating yeah. so much, um, and, but within like a kind of a pretty narrow space. And there's so many other people involved yeah. that mm. like only maybe like 5% of your work actually gets, gets put into the final product. Yeah. So what we really try to structure for ourselves with Genesis Noir was a way to create a long form narrative and mm. to work on a big project over multiple years, but have as much opportunities for us to, you know, like, let's say we were focused on animation for a month and then we get kind of like a little bit bored of doing in-betweens and then we take a break and switch over to an interaction and learn about different periods in history and um, kind of feed, feed our creative appetite that way. Right. Yeah. So that, that's kind of interesting because the initial idea for Genesis Noir, I know came about as early as 2013, that's when you guys kind of had that initial idea. And so there were many phases because I know that you guys were kind of working on it part-time while freelancing for some of your other projects and working on other things, probably like Google. And then you guys transitioned to full-time as you were able to procure enough funding. Um, and that was until the game was finally released. So was that kind of part a part of what kept um the process fresh and you guys staying motivated over the eight year period is going from working on different aspect to different aspect of the game was that kind of part of what kept you motivated oh absolutely yeah for for we couldn't have done it to like work on this one project exclusively for eight years um um yeah, I think black, black and white would maybe have gotten a little bit boring if yeah. we were mm -hmm. that was our complete full time over that entire period. Right. So it was like eight years of like working a little bit and then freelancing was kind of like dabbling in the idea and yeah. then four years of like full time production. Yeah, oh, wow. the, the concept was so, um, so big and we had no experience making like long form narrative or games. So we had so much to learn to get to the point where we could feel confident about like go, jumping into the project full time and making it like the complete vision of what we imagined the game could be. Mm. So it was a very iterative process um, of like doing a small prototype or writing a short story or doing a little animation, showing it to friends, getting feedback, putting it online, you know, getting support from different people in the gaming community and people being excited and saying like yeah keep going with this mm -hmm. um but before we kind of like we're at a point where we kind of knew what the game should be yeah yeah it's that's got to be kind of a, a a very big juxtaposition of where you guys are freelancing every month or three months on a project and then you're able to finally transition to full-time on one project over multiple years that's there, that's got to come with its own um like rewards and then also I, I i don't know maybe this is more of myself but maybe i would be a little bit worried of if i'm working on all these shorthand projects and then i'm i'm working on this beautiful project that i'm putting my heart and soul into for years i would i personally i'm not sure about you guys i would probably have a little bit of self-doubt at that point like this better you know this better be everything i you know am imagining in here in my brain to kind of come out to um did you guys kind of have that that um not necessarily self-doubt but did you guys kind of ebb and flow with that at times with 
this is a project that we've been working on for all these years. Um, it's beautiful. Oh my God. It's stressful kind of going back and forth between those two. For me, it only really felt like that at the very end, like well, once we released it, then all the emotions kind of came. I, there, well, while I was making it, I was just very focused on the thing itself. I think. Mm. Yeah. I, we were definitely very aware that this was going to be a completely new experience for ourselves and like really push our limits of not only the creative aspects but also just like business and you know forming an llc and all these basic things that so many small businesses do but uh we've you know uh that's always been taken care of for us yeah so we just approached it very iteratively and got a lot of help um we were you know, uh, lucky enough to make some friends on the internet, like um, another studio co-op mode. Uh, we really credit with kind of guiding us, like telling us to go to the game developers conference, yeah. like talk with people and show this to people. And, yeah. and then we teamed up with the publisher and um, they helped us make sure that the game, um, you know, would be certified for consoles and helped us with QA and all these kinds of the mature business quality yeah. kind of control kind of things that aren't just the like i want to be an artist and make mm. something you know very self-indulgent yeah um so yeah it it was definitely scary like in the sense that we are jumping into some, like the unknown but we are also very naive and we had a lot of help <laughs> no I, i'm really happy yeah i think that um a lot of people don't realize that when you have you have a kind of idea for something, whether it's like content creation, whether it's video game, whether it's music, the, the the creation process is such a beautiful part of that, but it's a microcosm of everything it takes to get that art form or that content out there for somebody to enjoy. There are so many different aspects. And I'm really glad to hear that the gaming compu- gaming community was um so willing to kind of like help you guys along the process and you know give you feedback and stuff that's so cool i I love stories like that yeah i think once you make a game and put it out there in the world like you understand how incredibly challenging Mm -hmm. it is like even to make something simple and release it Mm -hmm. and having made genesis noir like i have so much uh respect and admiration for anyone else putting any, everything out and mm. and like i think that experience translates to other mediums too and kind of appreciating all the all the things that go into a project that you don't see right right yeah it's it's there's so much behind the scenes that people you know don't see which is which is why i always love doing these interviews and you know kind of talking about this on the show um I, I want to transition a little bit. You guys had mentioned that this is kind of a, a different project for you, especially in terms of having a long form of narration. Uh, Italo Colvino's short story, The Distance of the Moon, was a major influence to the story of Genesis Noir. Besides the romantic aspect of the story, another similarity I think that that short story has with Genesis Noir is the abstract, abstract science fiction aspect. So what kind of research did um, both of you have to do to represent the more scientific concepts 
that are represented within the story of Genesis Noir? I remember Evan having this, this big pile of books. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very fascinated by uh, all that kind of like popular astrophysics and um, general relativity, quantum mechanics, you know, all, it's so weird, <laughs> so interesting. And I've always, I've always been kind of reading these, um, yeah, like popular science kind of stuff not not I'm, I'm definitely no expert or like I, I don't really understand the actual mathematics of, of things but yeah like um we read like t 10 or a dozen of these these books and there are a couple like youtube channels that were highly um inspiring like mm. pbs space time is really great right um they have like a for me personally, like the great a great balance between accessibility and the more like um, technical side of 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 these concepts. They, yeah, I, I yeah. feel like they don't talk down to you, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Kurzegat, um, am I saying that right? Kurzegat, it's mm. a great YouTube channel where they make animations uh, based on like really interesting scientific principles. So I think I learned about a couple like. Um, scientific uh science fiction concepts from there like the penrose process yeah of harvesting energy from a, a rotating black hole yeah the, there there's so many different concepts in here such as obviously physics um you guys talk about biology with abiogenesis and all of these other concepts and uh i actually went to school for organismal biology i took courses in um uh, astrobiology and all these all these different aspects of science so i when i'm playing this i'm like oh my god i'm loving this just all the different things that are being talked about in the story and um that yeah it's part of the reason why i personally was so excited and engrossed in the story of this game is just the the beautiful weaving of kind of emotion within the story of what's happening um with the no man and this this love triangle but also the fact that it's this kind of not i don't want to say fictional this just this abstract telling of scientific concepts and to me it was a beautiful blend and so i i've been you know curious that was one of the first questions i had to ask you guys because i can imagine that there is kind of this this whole lengthy process of wanting to make sure I, um that you represent kind of some of these scientific uh concepts theories uh not necessarily correctly but in a as close to possible way while um also making it interesting and making it make sense for the story yeah i think that was one of our biggest challenges was yeah, especially with the writing that is in the game of trying to find that balance between um introducing a concept but making it clear that uh, the, the, this experience isn't meant as a, as a purely educational one-to-one. Right. -one. Yeah, it's, it, we're, we're taking these concepts and using them in a poetic manner that tries to use them yeah, as a jumping out point for fun storytelling. And that hopefully will pique your interest so that you actually go do read up on them mm -hmm. and see like, oh, this is, this is how these guys like kind of twisted this concept to make it work for their right. story right um, yeah absolutely i i think you guys did a wonderful job at that and 
did you guys have this this feeling of I, sh- I struggle to put this exactly into words uh kind of like a creative triumph by being able to bring to life something that influenced both of you like the cosmic comics in a different medium because obviously the cosmic comics were written in the 1960s in short story format and you kind of brought some obviously not all but some of them to life in a different medium is there a kind of um yeah i I have no other way to word a creative triumph with that um yeah like i i personally found making genesis noir a very spiritual experience in the sense that um when we started the project, we were very ignorant of like the technical mm-hmm. realities of making a game, narrative structure, um, a lot of like these scientific concepts, the artistic and kind of spiritual side of um, the kind of themes that we explored. And by making the thing and by doing a lot of research and learning about artists that inspired this project and how. Um, like William Blake or Italian Calvino or Godard, we're like kind of exploring ideas that were really interesting to us today uh, in their time with their artistic mediums and feeling like there's some kind of continuity between things that interested them and the lessons that they learned through their work and the things that we discovered by making our project. Um, yeah, it, like it definitely helps because the game is like so much about human history and mm-hmm. you know like and these philosophical ideas um that i uh, i was framed to kind of have that experience by ma- about by making the game um but yeah it was it was a very valuable experience for me um and i hope that you know other people uh kind of like get inspired to explore these ideas and and hopefully look at the inspirations that we talk about like in this podcast or other places and learn more about the, the like the shoulders of the giants that you know we're standing upon right absolutely yeah i um i think you guys did a really good job of representing kind of some of your guys's influences while carving out your own place within that i i felt like there is homage paid to many different things such as scientific concepts um story writing and some of the stories that influenced you guys and one of those influences i noticed was windowsill being a notable example genesis noir is so visually striking um with the color palette and just the um sorry i'm spacing i'm spacing the word the uh fidelity and just and the the art direction everything and it stand it really stands out with its stunning art style was there a conscious decision to make its art direction unique or was that a development of the process of creating it that you realize this really needs to stand out what we started with i think yeah 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 the the, the game is an excuse to use that art style <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah that the simplicity of the black and white and the like the line work kind of characters was one what we were interested in mm-hmm. like coming from the world of like interactive websites and motion graphics and advertise like character animation for advertising it's all about um like economy 
and um, and like making things iconic rather than like a specific character that you might have for like a feature animation where you're spending so much time with this character and you learn about their specifics. Most of the projects and the experience we had was like representing like uh, like a fireman instead of you know Joe the fireman. Joe it's, the fireman. It's just all firemen. Right. So that was kind of like our foundation of our strengths and our experience. And also um, like uh, to make an indie game, it's a lot of work. And um, we knew we were gonna be a small team and a small budget so that uh, we wanted to create constraints that would allow us to focus in on our strengths and then like, you know, no color, no shading, like all these kinds of things that let us like focus on the creative transitions or the like the the wide range of environments um, that we kind of like I think are the core of Genesis Mars feel. Mm. Yeah. Did that's... Um no, I think I think that about sums it up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I... I mean also yeah, just, just from a technical perspective, it's like I knew that every indie game that I saw that was like popular um, it, online had some distinct visual style. Yeah. So we kind of had to use that to stand out. Um, yeah. Because like if people aren't interested in looking at a GIF of your game on Twitter or something, then no one's going to care that your that if your game is three hours long and you know it's a bigger thing. You know, if it's not immediately grabbing you, then uh, mm -hmm. it's not going to be successful. Yeah, that's going to be a part of the process. I, I guess I didn't directly think about until you guys mentioned it is that there are so many ways to ingest that media now. And with kind of our how quick our society is in deciding I, I like this or I don't like this in taking in something that they're going to consider down the road. You know, you have Twitter, you have Twitch streaming, you have all these different formats of your content being out there that you kind of, yeah, you, you have to in some ways now more than ever really think about how to make your, your product or your, your art form really stand out within a few seconds or even just one screenshot. That's, that's really fascinating. Is it, is that something that you guys kind of thought about um, throughout the whole process of making Genesis Noir then is like, we, we, Obviously, you mentioned that the art style is a big part of that, but are you guys thinking about that throughout the whole process? Is that in the back of your guys' mind, or is that just something like, okay, we're aware of it, you know, move on? Yeah, like one of the most important things in uh, creative process, and I think this comes from our design kind of background, is to always be thinking in terms of the um, the user and the user experience, and and to frame their expectations. So like one of the things that we went to school for and really studied was like title sequences for movies. Mm. How movies uh, spend a lot of like time and money making the title sequences communicate the, the kind of feeling that you're gonna have when you enter this, this kind of narrative world and, and how preparing the, the viewer expectations and managing their expectations could dramatically change their experience you know they might love something if if it's framed properly but if they go in expecting a comedy and it's very serious um then that's gonna just not be a fun experience right 
so throughout the whole project, um, yeah, we, we try to be conscious of that and how we could, through our marketing material, how we're designing the events of the game, you know, are we setting up things properly? Are we met, you know, and uh, yeah, hopefully um, you get it right. Um, and, but ultimately it takes so much of like getting feedback and putting it in front of people and, uh, because you're, you're, as a creator, you're so close. You can't see what you're actually making. Right. You're kind of, you're kind of lost in the weeds, so to speak on a day-to-day -day basis that it's, it's kind of hard to just come out and look at the bigger picture in the moment. It's, it, it can be really difficult to do that. Yeah. Um, I, I want to transition a little bit to more of the, the gameplay aspect because, uh, one of the things I really found fascinating about Genesis Noir is there's no tutorial whatsoever it's just it's kind of it's integrated into the gameplay it's rolled out um there's no tutorial or hand holding which is not a bad thing at all it's just a different style was it important for you guys to give the player a level of agency from the very beginning of the game like when they first turn it on yeah i mean that was kind of like the key goal of all the interactions is that we kind of wanted to give a player a space to play with some kind of thing that we wanted to make um and part of that was you know not guiding them so much but rather guiding them subtly through like a sequence or you know you start out with a small interaction like in the jazz level where you start out you know just doing simon says which is kind of a universal thing that everyone knows and then branching off into weird and new things um from there we're kind of starting with the constrained kind of easy thing that doesn't really need a lot of explanation and then gradually building that up i think was super important yeah as, since we don't really have experience as game designers, like we don't, we've never really made anything with like mechanics that you play for more than like 10 minutes. Right. Um, and our, yeah, our back background was like making these web and like uh, installation experiences where you play with for a little bit and they, it's about discovery and um, kind of learning what, how you can interact with this thing is. Um, that was kind of our strengths and what we were interested in kind of exploring in Genesis Noir. Um, and windowsill was our primary inspiration yeah. for that, where the game doesn't tell you, oh, you have to like uh, feed or, or like feed the head, which is one yeah. of Vector Park's earlier works where you're like, you have to figure, oh, you figure out, you pull the nose off this head and then <laughs> you could feed like the head its own eyeball. Right. It's like very playful. Yeah. Um, and the joy is not about mastery or um, like uh, growth and learning that other like mechanically focused games mm. um, kind of emphasize. It's about discovering all the ways that you can interact with the system. Yeah, I, I felt like in some ways that this went, it, of course, I do believe it is a video game, but I, I also felt like at moments that this felt like a beautiful interactive art exhibit where you're just exploring these different aspects of this story and you are interacting with them. It's almost like when I was a child going to a children's museum and you have this, this massive collection of art pieces and each one of them are interactive in a way to convey this concept to the viewer or the, interpreter what have you whatever you want to call them and i i felt like this kind of 
blended those two together, it was a video game, but it was also an art installation in some ways. Yeah, I think that's a, a very nice comparison. I like to think of Genesis Noir as not really a video game, but interactive fiction. Hmm. Uh, just because video game makes me think of things with like points and like failure states and interactive fiction though makes me think of like a, a visual novel. <laughs> you know, like visual, I, I really don't like the term visual novel because like what it means I, it, like, yeah. that sounds like a, car, a graphic novel to me. Like yeah, yeah, it's, in, it's somewhere in between there. I think yeah, yeah. Yeah, because there there is no like you're saying there's no real fail fail state to Genesis Noir. You're not you're not trying to get to the end of the level because there really isn't a level in Genesis Genesis Noir. There are sections, and you are getting this story through interacting with the world. So yeah, I, I feel like there there I don't know if there's a specific term for that, but yeah, there there's this just beautiful blend. I feel. Um, is that because that you guys weren't trying to make the typical video game experience? Was that part of the reason why the point and click games gameplay style for solving the puzzles was important when the player controls no man? Is that, is that a part of that process of like, we want the player to use the point and click gameplay style? This is kind of the default at first. Like we needed a character to be able to walk around the space. That was part of it. Like, like it was the design was going to be okay. You have a character that can walk around the space, and then it's interspersed with these kind of bespoke interactions. Um, and you know, we started with the point and click interface because we didn't know we were going to have to do controller support until about halfway through the game. Um, so once we figured out, oh, we're going to put it on Xbox and stuff, um, then we kind of made it oh, okay. Well, you, you can use the keyboard to walk around now, and you can use the gamepad to walk around. Um, so it was kind of like just the, the default choice, which is to kind of go with a point and click thing, because it was the simplest thing that everyone could, you know, figure out, I guess. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so the game culminates in, I think, probably one of the coolest sequences I've ever seen in a video game, and I'm talking about, um, to put it vaguely that way, I'm not spoiling anything. The uh, the music sequence towards the end of the game. I think that's the best way I can put that vaguely. How long did it take both of you to conceptualize that sequence? And what was the process like for creating it? Like uh, six months, probably. Yeah. Wow. Off and on over like several years. Like we just kept on coming back to it over and over again. Yeah. It was like uh, that sequence introduces some new concepts and new kind of things to the experience and world of the game and so much of that sequence was like can we pull this off yeah um the kind of like direction um towards that was very much determined by the kind of structure that we have in the game where you meet human beings across um the like history um, but since you're playing as this cosmic being, no man, you spend some time with a human being and then you're a thousand years in the future. Mm -hmm. um, so that kind of that narrative structure kind of led us to realizing that, well, we, we don't have 
you, you're not spending time with these characters beyond that one moment. So like, how can we create a relationship over the course of the game? And that led to these kinds of um, concepts about introducing things that were new, um, I guess, to, to speak around. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 hard to talk about this without revealing any any spoilers. I was I was typing it and I was like, how do I avoid all the possible spoilers here? Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's... and and so much of this was also working with our musicians. Yeah, being like, do you guys want to do this? And it's the back and does forth, this make so, sense? And yeah. they would really help drive that whole scene and and make you know make sure that that can happen. So. Right. Um, our musicians skill bard like are amazing yeah they they did amazing work in this entire the entire soundtrack for that game is phenomenal and just the implementation of sound was really beautiful too because there are moments where they allow it to breathe and i think that's what makes this that scene that um we're talking about right now so poignant and so emphatic and powerful um I think I think another interesting aspect of that scene and this I think maybe a minor spoiler I'm not sure is that as you guys were talking about at at the beginning there's a noticeable lack of color it's largely black and white there are a little bit of blues there as you start getting into the game there's a use of gold and then towards the end as you're getting more and more into it all the colors start coming into the game and um, that leads to kind of what happens in this, this scene. What was the process like for purposefully withholding the color palettes that you could be using up until the end? What was, what, what, what kind of went into that process? Originally we didn't plan to have color at all, except for the gold, like the palette was just black, white and gold. Yeah, and before that, we didn't have even gold. Yeah. We were trying to do it all with black and white. Yeah. And that didn't work. Um, and then, yeah, adding in the color at the end, um, I, I was really inspired by the game Inside, um, which the game really changes, like to not spoil that wonderful game. <laughs> the game really transforms at that. And it, like, it denies you so much. Mm-hmm throughout the whole experience. And then at the end, it, it gives you something that you had been lacking this whole time. Mm. And um, I thought it was interesting to have like, to deny you color and vibrance and, and set you in this black and white space and, and then just like throw every color at you all, all at once. once. Yeah. Um, so try to be as overwhelming fun. as possible, I guess. It's, it's, a, it's a good way of generating kind of emotional impact without like because we were so short on text and dialogue and all that kind of things it was a good way of generating that emotional impact without you know needing to you know oh this script is going to monologue for five minutes yeah yeah i think i think you you both did a really good job at that end sequence where the a lot of the game you know as you're going into these different sequences you have this this text kind of explaining the concept of what you're about to experience and you have moments where you're reading something in the world or you're interacting with something and you get blurbs about kind of 
talking about these concepts and forwarding the narrative. And then you have this moment, like you said, where you don't withhold anything. And instead of telling the story through text, through dialogue, that the story at that point is completely told visually and through song. And I had such a difficult time trying to explain this to to friends and fans that the 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 uniqueness of this experience it's unlike anything i've ever played and to try and tell people what this experience not just this end sequence but the whole game itself is without using any spoilers without um you know without giving away why this game is so amazing yet trying to get people interested in it it's such a it's such a it's such a fun challenge to do like you should play this game why oh it's visually stunning it's the the audio uh production and everything is phenomenal the story that they tell is great what's the story like you gotta experience it why is it so good uh they're all the with like selling the game and like generating a trailer and you know writing the blurb on steam and all that kind of stuff yeah i can't even think i can't even imagine that process yeah, like with the trailer, um, that was a bit of a struggle because the game, like so much of the game experience look like game. looks like a marketing material, you know? Mm. I mean, like that's our background. Our background is making fun 30-second things. Yeah. So, right. so we try to make the whole game like a fun 30-second video. And I remember we released our teaser trailer uh, at e3 Mm -hmm. and like on twitch chat like i saw the reaction and people were like oh don't do drugs or like (laughs) and like it was a combination of like people being like really confused yes (laughs) but like really like but i want to know more about this and for our release trailer our challenge was like well okay since so much of this looks like it was made specifically just for a trailer how do we communicate that there's game that there's yeah. gameplay and that the these and transitions and animations are actually part of the game world. Right. So it's a lot of just like showing things that are obviously gameplay. Yeah. Like so the Mars sequence where you're turning the knobs and things. Yeah. Mm. And we like made the cursor like really bigger and yeah. bigger for the trailer and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I can't imagine that process of trying to just create a trailer without revealing anything but getting enough interest generated and for me when i saw the trailer for genesis noir i i i kind of had the same thought not exactly as like don't do drugs but i was like this is such an abstract concept i don't really know what i watched but i definitely want to see more and um that's that's trying to convey that in in words only is almost impossible you know, when you're trying to tell someone about this game, um, I'm I'm so. It sounds like you know. Obviously, you were kind of seeing the response early on, and I'm not sure if you've seen what people have theorized what the meaning and metaphors in Genesis Noir represent. But there, I think, are many theories out there. Of course, I don't want to spoil the ending, but um, in your words, what are kind of some of the important takeaways, not just narratively, that you feel are important for Genesis Noir? Hmm. Yeah, that's a difficult yeah. question. I would say that 
when we made Genesis, started Genesis Noir, we didn't have like a grand statement yeah. that the game was supposed to evoke. I definitely think there are messages and, and themes, and but they really came through the making of the game. And by learning about the history of film noir and what it means to be a noir protagonist and to be like caught in a conspiracy that is bigger than, than you and that as a noir protagonist, you're probably gonna fail or make things worse. And how uh, we found that that kind of feeling and that character archetype could translate to these cosmic themes. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I think one of the interesting things about releasing the game is seeing what different people responded to. I, so I've seen people really respond to the like character relationships and see this game as a big metaphor for like a romantic breakup and uh, and like trying to learn to move on. And then I've seen other people focusing on the more cosmic kind of setting and, and themes. Mm -hmm. um, and as authors, I don't we didn't really no. have like a particular focus. Those were just kind of things that emerged out of the, the basic concept that we started with. Right, right. That's awesome. Yeah. I, when I, I remember when I sat down and I finished the game and I thought to myself, there's so many takeaways here. I wonder if there was one specific takeaway or it's just, you know, kind of a, this is the experience, take away what you want to take away from it. And I felt like that was kind of more of, it's it's kind of like I said, it's kind of like an art installation of this is what the artist created. Infuse your own meaning into it. Obviously, there are some themes in there, but also there there is some interpretation I feel like in there that you can just take away if you enjoyed the experience, or even if you didn't enjoy the experience. There are different takeaways to be had there. I feel. Um, what was one of the most enjoyable? sequences or one of the most enjoyable um aspects of the game to kind of create and see put on the big screen so to speak you know was it the um was it having a character playing music within the game was it one of the puzzles that you guys devised what were one of the sequences that you guys really really just loved working on the jazz level was was my favorite one to make i guess just because that's my background from school like i went to school for for jazz music back in like high school and and a bit of college as well um so i've been playing jazz drums for my entire life and just being able to kind of express that kind of experience through a game um was really important and really neat and to see so many people respond to that um, was super cool to see. Mm. Yeah, we had like some jazz musicians like request, like, "Oh, can we use this? Yeah, this part of the game for like a class or yeah." Like, Teachers wanted to like use like show their students. Yeah, um, that's super so neat. cool. That is so cool. That like that that's got to be the ultimate uh, compliment. It was like, "Hey, can I use this for my class?" Yeah, absolutely. Um. So going forward, what lessons will you guys take away from Genesis Noir when you move to developing future games if you guys continue to pursue that? Yeah. Well, a lot of 
we learned a, a lot from our mistakes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, our next project is going to be a lot more stable. We're going to like put controller support in from the beginning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's going to be much. If you're going to have control and support, I did it at the beginning, don't, yeah. don't do it halfway in. Um, console porting is difficult, yeah. uh, all that kind of stuff. The the big challenge, I think, for for us, for our next game, is um, is to like expand on the things that we, we learned from um, Genesis Noir in a non-technical sense. Mm. So like me, personally, I, I found making Genesis Noir very spiritual. And like we start, I started this project with not having any like specific message or like very specific things to convey. It was just a very fun framing that would allow us to explore and learn about the things we were interested in. Mm. And for our next projects, I would like to be more deliberate and to make an experience that uh, kind of reflects the experience making our first game <laughs> and that kind of feeling of like being a part of this emergent storytelling and touch touching into these concepts that artists and humans and scientists uh, throughout history have been really fascinated by right. so yeah i think it's going to be challenging to like from a completely different like end of the creative process to like have like all right this is what i I'm going to pinpoint this is our objective, this is our mission, rather than letting it emergently come from, you know, the ether. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to tackle that. Awesome. I love that. I love that. Um, f through your guys' kind of experience, what would you offer to an aspiring game developer, somebody who's interested in getting into game developing but has never tried even doesn't even know how to get started uh well make a lot of things yeah and uh try a bunch of stuff try yeah make friends you know collaborate <laughs> with people yeah. um we we didn't try to make a video game until we had graduated from college and worked in like professional setting for you know five or six years and we learned as especially as freelancers, we bopped around so many different studios and met so many talented uh, artists that either taught us things like our creative directors, you know, we learned so many lessons from mentors, but also those relationships by participating in that community, you know, people directly contributed and uh, collaborated on this project. Um, so and also, like, even with all that experience, we didn't know what we were doing. So uh, we had to iteratively progress uh, towards making this very uh, ambitious game. So really, it's all about, like, being fearless, making something, believing in yourself, and just also being constantly uh, iterating and checking with other people and getting feedback and taking that to heart and and um, yeah, like inviting other people into your creative process. Mm. You know, I love that. You know, that's, that's about it, yeah. Perfect. I have one question for each of you guys to kind of just a for fun question as we're winding down the interview. Uh, Jeremy, since you are a jazz drummer, 
Um, I, I also have played drums for many years. What is your favorite drum cymbal company and why? God. Uh, I was never very picky. Um, so I don't, I don't think I have one. Mm. Um, most of the stuff that I bought was Zildjian, but, uh, same, <laughs> but it's just cause that was the default and that was what my parents got me for my first kit, I guess. Mm. Um, but I remember like all the stuff that I used in college was just like old and busted up and you couldn't even see the label on it anymore. Um, so like you could see the little engraved Zildjian, um, his little signature, but that was it. It wasn't any like the label would come off. Ah, uh, you don't know if A custom, K custom, none of that. No, it's all too old. <laughs> That's funny. That uh, that reminds me of a story. I used to live in Australia for like a semester of college, and I was gonna go to this jazz um club and just to go hang out, and it was it was like all improv, and I was messaging with the the group on Facebook, and I show up. And I'm meeting the group, and they're like, where's the symbols? And I was like... Yeah, you're supposed to bring a snare drum and symbols. Yeah, well, and I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, you didn't bring the symbols? I was like, I don't have any symbols. I, I live abroad. I, I, this is the first time going to the club. And they were like, oh, well, we don't have any symbols. So a bunch of us get in this room to jam, and there are no symbols. So it's just a very base kit with nothing. And that was one of the most challenging times of ever trying to play the drums. Yeah, just a bunch of rim shots and... Uh, creative snare drumming so yeah that's cool i'm glad to hear that though because i i that was one of the reasons why i love this game so much is the uh jazz compositions in the game yeah, yeah. i don't think the game would really work without the amazing uh music and sound design that skill did yeah yeah they did like, such when a we phenomenal first job were making the game like and we didn't have music or we had like just temp kind of stuff we're just like oh god yeah <laughs> terrible it's gonna work <laughs> You put skill bars like, oh, it's a game. stuff in it. It's like, oh yeah, this is this is this yeah. works. This yeah. Is be- Although I, we do have a great idea, we just needed the right piece to fit in there. Yeah. Is like in for future games, you guys think you will work with skill bard again? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Cool. That's great to hear. That that makes me as a fan happy. To be honest with you, um, and Evan, my my random question for you: I, You've lived in New York for quite some time now. Uh, what is the definitive? best food or best place to eat in new york oh well i like cheap eats and i i lived in the lower east side of manhattan Mm. um, for most of my time here and good good food everywhere um but my favorite place to eat was vanessa's dumplings in Mm. chinatown god yeah i love dumplings You you get stuffed it's uh tasty oh and the sesame pancake there good stuff <laughs> yes um since you are a fan of uh chinese food do you like uh anin dofu are you a fan I'm of not familiar with that it's a it's a kind of a sweet dessert and it's it's tofu but it's in this sweet sauce and usually they'll put um I don't know if it's goji berries or some kind of berry in there sometimes you can put fresh fruit on there as well it's not usually too sweet and it's a really good end to any kind of uh, Chinese dish. And um, yeah, if you've never had it, I absolutely recommend it. If you're into sweets. Yeah. If, if Sounds you're into delicious. Sweets. I'll, I'll try yeah. it next opportunity. Yeah. 
<laughs> Good, yeah. Um, I want to thank both of you guys so much for making the time to come on the show and uh, make such an incredible game. I, I, I wasn't kidding. Like when I was messaging you guys um, about coming on the show, that this is by far one of the most, if not the most, creative games I've ever played, and I. I know I am, and I know many fans, um, not only of us, but out there, are just really excited to see what you come up with next and just are incredibly thankful for creating this unique experience. Well, thanks so much. It's extremely flattering, and we're so happy that you and other people have responded to our work. And, yeah, we're here to show show more weird adventures (laughs) cool cool yeah um if now i at the end of these kind of shows i what i love to do is um give the opportunity for uh the 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 creators and the artists to kind of showcase anything else they're working on or anything that they want to bring attention to if it's like a charity that they're working on or paired with or anything like that anything at all um i love to kind of give that opportunity because i i know that as creators, you guys are working on so many different things at once. So um, if, you, if you guys want, the, the floor is yours. If you guys want to kind of showcase anything you're working on, your social media, anything like that, please feel free to. We can't talk about the current project. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, not, yeah, we're, we're focused on our next project. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's exciting. can't talk about that yet. No, no worries. Um, if people want to check you out, like check out your guys' past work or um, anything like that, where can they check you guys out? What's the best place to, where's the best place to look? I think our website, com, has um, links to all of our stuff. Yeah, it has links to our personal projects. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a really good place to kind of check out a lot of your guys' stuff. That's where I was looking at. Um, some of the projects you work you were working on, like uh, like you guys had mentioned Google or some of more of the technical projects that you guys were working on. I was so I I got lost for like a good twenty minutes. I was like, wow, they worked on this and this, and I was just following all the links and yeah, there's a lot of stuff there. Yeah, cool. Well, Evan and Jeremy, thank you so much for making the time to be here. I appreciate your guys' time. Yeah, it was, yeah, a, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you too, and uh. I will get this episode um, up. It will be on all formats, so feel free to check it out uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, iTunes. Obviously, if you're listening, you already know that, but um, go ahead and check it out there. And uh, thank you so much for being here and listening to the show. If you haven't already, please, please, please play Genesis Noir. It's such a great, fascinating, unique game. I promise you will take something away from it and just be blown away by just everything about that game it's so amazing but thank you for checking out the show take care oh that was awesome 